0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Impact of influence. The
1: tragic story of a powerful South Carolina family and the mysterious deaths they are linked to. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much. We had a lot of great response to the podcast so far. And we'll keep updating things as they happen. And they are unfolding slowly in some cases, quickly in others. If you haven't listened, go back. Binge all that and find out what's going on. Rate, share, comment. A little brat background, uh, if you haven't. Seton, hello, by the way. Hello. Hello, hello. The Murdoch family, Maggie is the mother of Paul Murdoch. They were murdered on June 7th. Their bodies found on one of the Murdoch properties. The Murdoch family has been around forever. A very powerful family in the Low Country. There's a whole podcast devoted to how that power came to be and what positions they held. And it's just looks so crazy that they've been surrounded by death and murder in, in, in many ways, even way back to the grandfather who was hit by a train many, many decades ago. So, but in 2015, Stephen Smith was killed. It was ruled a hit and run at the time. We've got more updates on that because the case is reopened. 2018, they uh, had... One of the workers in their property died. A lot of details are unknown about that. And in 2019, there was a boating accident where Paul, the victim, Paul Murdoch, was charged with three felonies with the death of Mallory Beach in the boating accident. There's an episode devoted to that as well. So as you hear from just that, there are plenty of possible suspects that had an extra grind, were the Murdochs. Murdochs. And I don't even know where the police will begin with all the possibilities. But let's begin on the latest with the uh, homicides that have come out since our last episode and maybe to touch on that again. Seaton, what do you have for us as far as those uh, homicides on June 7th?
2: Well, it's been reported that Maggie's phone was found a couple miles away from her home. So that kind of brings up, I guess it was rainy that night. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what was on the phone? Why was it? Found away from her house, right? Possibly, did was there DNA on the phone, but it was raining, would that still be there?
1: They had an episode on the actually Banfield show. One of the experts says, No chance for fingerprints in rain, but DNA can survive rain if there happened to be yes. something on there.
2: And also, what were the texts like, what were her texts that yes. day or in the days leading up to All her? Right, or for
1: that matter, years,
2: right? We don't know how long
1: the, the text message could go way back to. The 2015 Stephen Smith incident, They Satterfield, we got the Mallory Beach Boating incident, accident, fatality. So who knows what possible things they found on that phone?
2: Right, voicemails, Mm texts, you know, Mm -hmm. lots of information. But SLED as being South Carolina Law Enforcement Division is being pretty tight-lipped about what they found. So all we know is that there was a phone found, but we don't have any real information besides that. The second thing was the Island Packet reported that there was a black SUV towed from the scene from their Hunting Lodge. So I can't really come up with anything in my mind. Why? I mean, obviously, they're it's tied in some way. But what would that be? If it,
1: we do, we know if it was the uh, Paul or Maggie's. They haven't released
2: whose car. It was, but they. Other than it was a black SUV, I don't know if it was a, they owned it or if it was left there by someone else.
1: But it could be anything, like someone leaned on it with a palm print or a fingerprint, or who knows. Who,
2: who knows? Yeah, yes.
1: Or they want to, or they want to clear tire marks, or but there could be many, many reasons.
2: Exactly. And a Banfield reported this was actually crazy to me. She had a. Attorney source that said there was a gun recovered that had unknown DNA.
1: That and who knows what if that source is accurate or not, but it is a hunting lodge. I mean, there could be guns everywhere. Right. But they didn't say where, because they didn't say where it was found. Right. In this, they did not in this say leak. where it
2: was, just that there was a gun recovered. And I'm certain that there had to be other guns there it was yeah, the hunting lodge. Obviously, right. there would be guns there, but... It, it could have been it, a
1: gun outside.
2: Was this gun recovered close to the bodies of Maggie and Paul? Mm-hmm.
1: We don't know. Or in the in the SUV? Right. I mean, he knows.
2: And the other thing that her source revealed, which blew my mind, was that they took, two days after the accident, one of the boaters from the Mallory Beach accident they took swabbed the hands for for gunshot residue
1: we don't know which but one of the people on that boat
2: that's what her source has reported also that just blew i don't know how long gunshot residue stays on your hands
1: I don't either. I guess it's worth a shot, right? But they would so have to—they to,
2: would have to have some sort of motive or tip to want to go just test test this one well, particular boater.
1: If you speculate, you could say that maybe one of the one of the boaters was extra. Ang- I mean, they're all angry, I'm sure. At Paul, because he was allegedly the one. Well, he was charged with driving the boat, so maybe the person was had been mounting off a lot lately. Right. Uh, doesn't mean they're necessarily tied to it, but they want to rule out. As I said earlier, there's no shortage of. Possible people with a reason or an intent uh, that they might want to hate the Murdochs for whatever reason. They, you've got the, the, the three deaths that we talked about. There's possibilities around there. You've got they were involved with all kinds of criminals over the decades that they uh, had put in jail because of their status as they call it solicitor, but it's prosecutor basically.
2: Well, okay. And the crazy article that we uncovered from Bluffton Today in 2009 it's just very brief article, but apparently somebody tried to set fire to their home back in 2009, and it's reported that it was Alec Murdoch's home at 15 Holly Street Extension around 730 in the morning. I guess not much damage was done. It didn't spread to the rest of the house, but obviously they had enemies. you
1: crazy. You found that. Did someone was, yeah, someone I was attempting arson on the property.
2: Right, and I don't know if they located the person who attempted the arson, but the family said in the Good Morning America interview that They had no known enemies, but I mean, I've never had anyone try to set fire to my house.
1: Right. They're grieving and going through stuff. And they did say that there was threats made to Paul. It is hard to believe that they wouldn't realize that there are. They also had, you know, all the lawsuits against businesses and companies, and they put people in jail, rightfully or wrongfully, in some cases. Their family, I should say, we don't know which specific member of the family might have done something that annoyed uh, or made someone angry, because we know that there were people that were on death row right. because of the uh, grandfather. Uh, his theatrics led to people being put on death row that were later found innocent. Uh, so there are. They, it's it's shocking that we say they didn't have any known enemies, they would have to think that when you were dealing with criminal element, because maybe not the two that were interviewed, but they were part of the solicitor. They also uh, volunteered to work as prosecutors. You're dealing with the uh, criminal element. So you have that. They have to realize that that's a possibility.
2: Absolutely. And so now they've offered, Alec has offered a $100,000 reward for information leading to conviction or arrest. Um, and I think it expires in September, which I found that also slightly strange that why such a short time frame?
1: Maybe there's, uh, there might be some reason for that insurance wise, or if starting more and more things come out and then someone gives a tip, but the tips it was already about to come in. I don't It's hard to say. Maybe they have to re-up it. Okay. Let's uh, move to the latest on Stephen Smith, 2015, ruled a hit and run, many questions around it, including his mother, who you've had struck up a relationship with via text and Facebook for over a year now, long before the Murdoch homicides and you've been talking to her over this time and she's been saying that there was, she was very suspicious of that hit and run ruling, but now it is open. The case is open again.
2: Yes. And actually, I had to clarify from our last—we did a whole episode on mm. Steven Smith—and I sent it to her. Just and she said she loved it, which was
1: that's great, yes. really great,
2: and meant a lot to us. Um, but she did say one thing that we reported was wrong. Um, we said that the evidence missing was Steven's cell phone, which was not the case. Actually, the FBI took the phone and processed it at Quantico. When they returned the phone, they also offered to process additional information, but they were told that the Rest of the evidence had gone missing. Now Sandy doesn't know exactly what that evidence was, whether it was his clothing, whether it DNA, or just evidence was missing, and they declined their the FBI's.
1: So she has the phone?
2: I do not, do not believe know. she has, has the, the phone. phone. I, I right. should ask her that. I don't yes. think she has the phone. I right. think that, that remained in evidence.
1: Okay, and speaking of evidence. Let's move to some other things we have heard, have been reported, and that Mrs. Smith told you about, various things. One of the things we were in the Banfield episode, the Banfield episode, was about the shirt that Stephen Smith was wearing and the paint chips. Explain that.
2: So I guess he was wearing a Nike shirt and they found blue paint chips, which confused me a little bit because I thought that they didn't really have evidence of any sort of vehicular accident, but I don't think that that... I mean, I think that's more talking about there was no road debris or anything. Right. But they found blue paint chips, and what Banfield reported was this matched a paint from a dune buggy that was similar to what the Murdoch... Family had at
1: their home. See, Sandy's saying she, yeah, it was a uh, they said a Toyota or an industrial tool, uh, tool. right? And they uh, supposedly had a dune buggy and what's uh, the a mule? That's okay. what they have, the mule. That uh, so I that'd be crazy. And then one of the experts that we heard interviewed said that there's a database that investigators have. If they did have the paint chips, they're able to look it up.
2: You know what? Thinking of is really interesting is when they reopened the case, they said evidence found at the Murdoch home. I wonder if it happened to be the mule or the dune buggy or whether that's long gone.
1: But we don't, you know, hate to speculate about what the possibilities are there, but that's what Sandy is saying about the blue paint chips, right? That she's, she's the only one we know of that has said that there's the, that they had a dune buggy and a mule. At least that's the way I understand it from the Banfield episode and other things I've heard from. So the other evidence, we got the blue paint chips. We also, what I thought was was interesting too was about the FBI telling uh, Stephen's mom that they wanted to do a rape kit and SLED said no.
2: Right, and they also wanted to test for gunshot residue. Right. And yeah, they declined. I don't know if it was SLED that declined or if it was the, um, it was the pathologist.
1: It was a SLED that said no, uh, did not want their rape kit done. Okay. That's the way uh, I heard it on that episode on the ban- Ashley Banfield show, which is really odd, a hit and run, alleged hit and run. Why would they want to do Rape kids. So that's obviously odd. Well,
2: if you think about it, the only person who felt that it was a hit and run was the pathologist. No one else. None of the other people involved. Right. Including Proctor, the the police officer investigating. The coroner.
1: The assistant coroner.
2: And the assistant coroner was fired. Right. After that, which I found just bizarre, but we don't know why she was fired. She could have been fired for something completely unrelated.
1: But it's still odd. It still still, makes questions.
2: So many questions in this case. Because
1: she was pushing back on the hit and run thing is the word. Right. You're right. The pathologist at MUSC was the only one out of the people we know about that was saying hit and run. And she was basically, according to Todd Proctor, his quote is, I asked the pathologist why she stated in the report uh, there was a hit and run. And her answer was because he was found in the road. And I think we talked a little bit about that on the the actual Stephen Smith, episode, which you can go back and check out, but See, Todd Proctor's been speaking a lot more out his about words, this.
2: Uh, his words are so powerful. I mean, they really... I mean, he has. He was on Fox News, and he came out, and he said he thought the body looked staged or placed. Mm-hmm. And he he actually kind of brought up the question, Is did someone put the body there at this rural road in the middle of the night in hopes that it really would be run over by somebody? So I then mean, it he, would, he it would actually or... look like a hit and run if it had been run over by somebody.
1: And he had also asked... The pathologist that they were having a very, I guess, heated discussion about was could it have been a bat? And the pathologist said, well, did you find a bat? And that's what he your, said, I'm not going to talk said, it's your
2: that. job to find the bat. Right.
1: <laughs> obviously, he's making some sort of leap. Now, one of the experts heard talk about said that in a car accident, crazy things happen to the body. Never really know what's going to happen because of the inertia, the force, and whatnot. So that guy said, it's possible. That's a hit and run. Because you just, even though it seems weird that you would say, because he obviously died from blunt force to the head. Right. But he had things that make people curious are the separated shoulder, I believe. Had
2: uh, defensive wounds on That's his hands. That's another thing.
1: Yes, that was reported. They had defensive uh, wounds on his. Uh, I think they even said knuckles. I think they even got specific as to saying so knuckles.
2: They, I would think that they would have gotten some sort of DNA. And is this the evidence that is missing? And another question.
1: That's another question. Yes. So weird things do happen to body when it's hit. However, the fact that the only that all these other people are saying let's at least leave it open. And only the pathologist, as far as we know, is the only one saying, hey, I'm rolling a hit and run. That's that.
2: Well, one thing too that Proctor brings up is he said you, that the Murdoch family kind of shut down immediately. They didn't do a lot of talking. And uh, unless you have enough evidence to make them talk, compel them to talk, you have to go on willingness. And they were unwilling to talk. And
1: again, maybe that's the wise well, move to make. You're, you're
2: right. They're <laughs> lawyers and they know yeah. that you, you probably should never talk unless you're forced to talk.
1: And it was confirmed through your discussions and things we heard that uh, there, there was a connection with Stephen Smith and the Murdoch boys. Played in the baseball team together. Alec was the coach.
2: It, the, the, the relationships between the Smith... And I don't know if it's just that it's a small town. Hampton yes. County has a population of approximately 20,000. But it does seem like even with 20,000 people to have this many connections seems right. strange.
1: Stephen's dad who passed away a few months after Stephen did, he had a case that involved Randy Murdoch. And there is word about who Seton was at the uh, scene of Stephen Smith's hit and run, or alleged hit and run.
2: Right. I actually asked this morning because I just wanted to make sure I had my facts right. So I reached out to Sandy and said, I'd seen somewhere that someone from the Murdoch family had showed up at that accident or crime scene. And she said that actually both Alec and Randy showed up at the crime scene, which I found very odd, and she did as well. I mean, I guess they did have ties to the prosecutors. Office, and, yeah. And also, Randy had offered to represent the family, the Smith family, for free.
1: Well, that that could be obviously a very innocent thing. They're, they know the family. They're connected through friends and family. It's a small town, baseball, and all that. And... Speaking of the small town thing, there is the connection with Mallory Beach, who died in the 2019 boating accident in which, I follow the bouncing ball here, people. This is hard to keep track with everybody. Paul Murdoch, who was murdered on June 7th. Was the driver of the boat, at least allegedly indicted on three felonies of it, that killed Mallory Beach, and there's a connection with Mallory Beach and Stephen Smith, but again, small town, but they were with friendly other. with each other. So everything, again, I, you know, you don't know how much is just coincidence. It's a small town or whatever, but it's very odd. They, they amount of connections and, and tentacles that go out throughout. And this.
2: I looked up just to, out of curiosity because I went to a really small high school. I only had 35 people in my graduating class. I was like, how big wow. is Wade Hampton High School? And there's about 600 people. So it's it's a smaller yeah. size school, but it's, it's not, not not
1: tiny it's tiny thirty five people. In your <laughs> no, no, that's what, I would have thought it was smaller. By the way, people have been talking about the small town. Now again, saying they they knew each other, <laughs> Mallory Beach and Stephen Smith. That's we don't know how much you just I I know them. You know that, that they're not saying they're best friends or anything like that.
2: I know that Buster and Stephen played on a team together where Alec coached them, so they definitely had more than just a casual relationship.
1: And from what we understand, I think even Sandy uh, said Buster seemed like seemed to her like a really nice guy.
2: Right. They're mm-hmm.
1: friends. She has not a bad word to say about Buster. Yeah. A little bit different when it comes to Paul.
2: Paul. It seems a lot of people, Paul had issues with numerous people and he was described in not flattering ways by most of the people who right. have reported So he could have
1: had, when you talk about suspects, we went through another Murdoch family and the Murdoch, the boating accident was Paul. The... Number of people he may have pissed off because they always they talked about we talked about it earlier episode you go back and hear about the boating accident was the altered uh, personality that was that liked to fight. Timmy. When he, when he drank. Timmy, yes. So he might have fought somebody along the line. That Who knows, right? right. So if i cop or the, the investigators, I've got a lot of people to talk to. We want to discuss also what else we found or what else has come out about the fatal boat accident with Mallory Beach as the victim and Paul, who was killed on June 7th with his mom, who was charged with three felonies of, of driving the boat, et cetera. What is new on that? And there's been reports. Uh, I know we should give credit to Fitz for reporting things and the Island Packet News and the Spanfield thing. So what, what have we found out about the Mallory Beach thing lately.
2: Well, so Mallory, one of the things that Banfield brings up, that she had a source that didn't want to be identified, but that there was a possibility, but I kind of feel that it was speculation, but there was a possibility that Paul called his family prior to calling 911, which maybe that's why they arrived so quickly. On the scene. Yeah,
1: someone would have to have been a witness to see it because the timing couldn't have been that different. Couldn't have been that much before the 911, I wouldn't think, because they were looking for Mallory. Were,
2: but also, I reread part of uh, Anthony Cook's deposition this morning, and that was Mallory's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And it said that it took him 15 minutes to swim to shore because of the currents from where oh, okay. he was out of the boat. So there was a lag time between then when they were actually able to get to the side.
1: And I'm still interested in, we have not found yet, at least you found out since we last talked, about the phone that was used to call 911. I, I'm, I'm curious. Did you actually, find that out?
2: Anthony actually had his phone in some sort of okay bag. Gotcha. But it did take him, according to his deposition, it did take him some time to get it working. But at least I know we knew, I know of at least one
1: cell phone that, cell that, was, phone working. that was working. But again, 15 minutes to swim minimum, uh, because they really, when you're, all crazed and things are going on. Do you really know exactly fifteen minutes? And oh, he
2: said he woke up. He he thought he'd fallen asleep. He woke up in the water. So yeah. who
1: knows how long? You, I think right? you're very
2: foggy at this point, and it you know they would all had been drinking as well. So. Right.
1: And it was foggy, and it was complete darkness. It's easy to not know exactly what how much time elapsed. Who called when? So okay, there is that rumor that he called his family first. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's kids. as a kid, mm-hmm. you might
2: just do that. That might be yeah. your mom. I
1: just did an accident. You know, whatever.
2: No, one time we I was driving to Charleston. I was moving to Charleston and then my car caught on fire and I was driving a vehicle, Lynn was yep. following me and we drove to the next exit. This is prior to cell phones. And we called our parents and they're like, hang up and call 911.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't know. In a, in and a I, was, panic situation. I think I was
2: close in age to where they were.
1: Yeah. I know we wanted to talk about uh, Mallory Beach and the boating accident. There was this weird thing that was on Paul's obituary page. And that was what?
2: It just, I, I don't remember exactly what it said, but someone posted something from her on his page and it was reported by someone and taken down. It's just, it said rest in peace. It definitely was, but I would assume that that would probably be pretty offensive to a Beach family. That's true. But I'm wondering if police are looking into who sure. who posted that because that could be someone who could have potentially been involved in this Another- double homicide
1: Possible suspect suspect thing. And also the Fitz report about the alleged obstruction of justice. What do you have on that?
2: All right. So I'm going to quote the Fitz article. It says, In the aftermath of the double homicide four weeks ago, this news outlet has learned that Alec Murdoch and perhaps other members of his family are part of an ongoing investigation into an alleged obstruction of justice related to ongoing boat crash investigations.
1: Nothing has been charged yet. They're they're, they're investigating. It
2: says, According to their sources... There's an investigation, and it's before a statewide grand jury in Columbia, South Carolina.
1: Mm, That's pretty big.
2: That's pretty big. I don't know. But in the island packet, they also reported this. But the spokesman for the attorney general's office, Kittles, uh, would not confirm or deny it. Is this something that's secret, or is this public knowledge?
1: We will have to... Get our man, DA John Snyder, back at it. Find out what the dealio is on that. So, that is our latest on the Murdoch family and all that surrounds them. And there's a lot to uh, chew on there. And I'm sure things will continue to leak out. There's going to have to be some statements at some point by law enforcement. I would have to think. We're we're over a month since the June 7th murders.
2: People on social media are talking about this being a cold case, but I really feel like. I don't think it's cold yet. I don't think so. I mean, I think that in this high profile of a case, they're going to want to make sure that they have everything done perfectly.
1: Right. I don't think a month is a a long time if you're gathering evidence. And it's possible that they're not only gathering, gathering evidence from one crime. Right. There could and there, be a lot of other things involved here.
2: <laughs> well, but they're... And they're not reporting that there's any threat to public safety. They, they
1: made it very clear that, that they believe there's no threat to public safety, which they better hope there isn't if they're out there saying there's not.
2: Right. And well, the other thing, too, that I did, did going back to the double homicide... Thinking if it's true that they found the gun and unknown DNA, that does kind of go back to the hit.
1: One of the reporters, I think, I don't forget which reporter it was, who reported that they were tied up and and shot in the back of the head. Right? That's the that's.
2: That was we, one, yes.
1: Yeah. So that that's not your normal revenge killing. You wouldn't think that you're. First of all, you think a revenge killing wouldn't have as as much cover up. Like there'd be a lot less more evidence laying around, right? You know, unless you really really planned it.
2: Right. This was definitely not a crime of passion. That's right? what I mean. Yeah. Yes.
1: I shouldn't say revenge, because like, it definitely could be a re- revenge tied to it. But it's a well thought out, uh, apparently, because there doesn't seem to be any evidence or anything laying around it, or not that they're reporting on. It. And it hasn't been an immediate arrest. So it makes you think there was a thought out situation. Right. And nothing we, we know of nothing of a, a robbery gone wrong or anything like that. We've not heard anything like that.
2: They did set up the sled tip line. But if there was no, if they had no information at all, they would have to say there's a threat to public safety.
1: Unless they say we know that it wasn't robbery. So we don't think people are just going around randomly killing people because there's no robber. There's nothing stolen. There's nothing gone. This is a targeted murder. We will update you. The uh, more we uh, find out, the more you will find out. And a thank you again for listening. Share, comment, rate, send us notes if you'd like to. We'd uh, love to hear from you. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. a new podcast from Crowd Network.